You're listening to The Travel Planner Show with Kevin and Sue McCarthy. And our guest, Mr. Max Hartshorn, recently returned from the country of Georgia. He said they had some pretty good wine, and I'm going to assume from the pictures we looked at during the break, they got some pretty good food. And tell us about this uh, bath you took or something. Oh, my gosh. One of the highlights of Georgia is uh, in Tbilisi, in the capital city of Tbilisi, are the royal baths. And it's a tradition there. And, of course, everybody has to do it because you're in Georgia. And they're natural, hot, hot baths. You go in to a, a little, it's an underground, kind of underground place with these clay clay uh, tops you can see from the top and you go in and it's this really hot maybe 102 or 100 maybe 105 degree bath and you take this bath you put it as sulfur it's like sulfurous water segregated by men and women and then you go and lie down on this table and this guy scrubs you really hot with like a brush and he scrubs you down then he rinses you off with this sulfury water you go back into the really hot tub and you go and then you go into the hot, cold and you go into the hot and you go into the cold it's a great tradition i recommend anybody who ever goes to tbilisi go to the royal baths it costs i think something like twelve dollars and it was such a great experience but so many things in, in tbilisi are exciting it's an exciting city now well, some of the you, architecture you come out you'll smelling see like really, a rotten egg max you come out smelling great you know that you wash off all the sulfur and you just feel so tingly and you feel so good yeah i don't think i could describe anything that was a better experience in terms of bathing than tbilisi's royal bath but i um, never thought i would have you explaining the feeling tingly all over but that's okay tingly was fantastic (laughs) and the other thing that was made us tingly was the singing there's a tradition in georgia of polyphonic singing and they'll have groups a group of men will sing and it's hard to describe what the singing's like but it's beautiful harmonies, but in, obviously in a different language, but it's this polyphonic singing tradition, and it goes along with their tradition of toasting. You can't really have a meal there without having a gratitude toast. There's lots of toasts and lots of courses, and as I mentioned, the food is done in such a way that they call it the meze, which is M-E-Z-Z-E, which is plate upon plate of food. The food was tremendous. It's all local, it's all natural, most of it's organic, um, and there's just bounty of, you know, vegetables and you know chicken and not that much seafood but like more like just different types of vegetables prepared in different ways and salads and this wonderful bread that they make in a clay oven and that was one of the highlights of Georgia was the food and the wine absolutely would you fantastic. describe the food as mediterranean or uh, germanesque or uh, i mean is no, it no mediterranean heavy exactly because yeah, you've got it right, uh, Kev. It's Mediterranean. Because if you look at the map, and Georgia's a funny place. People don't really think about Georgia, but it's south. It's really far south. It's way over from the Mediterranean, but it's down. It's bordering on Turkey. So Turkey has a lot of influence. Okay. Turkey, of course, invaded many times, as you mentioned earlier. They, they're, they're one of the big invaders. So they brought the Meze tradition of the small plates. But one of the most famous people who came from Georgia was Joseph Stalin, the dictator. And he was born in Gori. And there's a big, a giant, ridiculous, over-the-top museum to go see. The Stalin Museum was quite a trip. We went through there, and they have preserved with a giant, um, they have actually the house that Stalin was born in, this little cabin. And on top of it is this gigantic, elaborate metal roof that they put on it to save it. And then they have the rail car that Joseph Stalin used to travel all around uh, Russia, um, he was uh, a Georgian and a proud Georgian and a real 
demon, yet the museum just glosses over anything that he did that was bad until the very end when they take you through his whole life and show you all the gifts that he was given by all the other leaders and the pictures of him with FDR and with um, with the rest of the people from World War II. And then at the very end, they say, and by the way, um, he some mistakes were made. And then they, yeah. they they allude to the millions of people that died at the hands of Stalin. So it was a very was that, that the was train the car that they glory. used for the Alta conference where he's that famous picture where you see all of them sitting around together smoking cigars or whatever. I, Yes, because that was the only way he traveled. Apparently, Stalin was terrified of flying, so he only traveled in his private rail car. Not, it was a pretty austere thing. But to see the museum is fascinating, and a lot of people like Soviet I things. Bet. And so we, you know, Soviet Soviets is they they sort of stripped it of a lot of its Soviet symbolism, but they still it's still a wonderful look back at what the Soviet times were like. And near Gori, we stayed at a place called the TSA, which was a. Uh, uh, it was originally built for the Soviet Navy, and now it's a resort you can visit. It has these giant columns and has these just tremendous buildings. It's actually in the shape of a giant anchor. The only people that were allowed <laughs> to go there were Soviet Navy officers. So you get you get these huge dining halls, and they have these sulfur ba- they have these baths that actually are radioactive baths that you can go in. It's supposed what? to be good for your skin or whatever. To, to, I, I didn't I didn't get into any radiation baths, but it was a fun thing. And again, for anybody who's a Soviet, a Sovietophile who likes to see those old days has all kinds of relics like old hotline phones and old uniforms and stuff. And it made for a cool. really enjoyable time. Um, but the region that Max, I think how did you how did you get around in the country, transportation wise? Did you have any um, problems? We got around with like that? everybody. Not any problem at all, but, you know, the way most people get around are these little white buses. They're like, you know, a Sprinter that size, about 15-passenger bus. That's the way all the public transport is, just little white Sprinters that just take you on these ridiculously tiny little roads. But (laughs) one of the roads we followed took us up to a place called Svaneti, and it was in the Ushguli region, which is north, way in the north, like about 30 kilometers south of Russia. And this is where we really traveled back to the 12th century. This is where the photographs show, I mean, some deep, deep ravines and some foliage like you wouldn't believe, like as if you were in New England in, in, in October, like now, it was just outstanding foliage. And again, you go back and back and back and you see people using horses to till the fields. You see these ancient towers that they built. Um, everywhere in this town in Ushguli, they built these like 100 foot tall observation towers, which were basically where whenever the invaders would come in, everybody had to go into these towers. So you see these towers Were there any parts of the country that you were not allowed to go to? Yes, there are two parts of Georgia, and it's actually a quite a sad sticking point. In in the early 90s, the, the Russian tr- troops invaded a large section, Ashkuli, uh, in the left part, top. The, the, the country has a long tip that sticks out, and that whole region is not actually, you're not allowed to go there as a Georgian or an American. Um, and then there's also South Ossetra, which is another pretty big region towards the wet in the east, and that was taken over in 2008. So just the same way the Russians have done in Crimea, and they're yeah, talking the Ukraine, about yeah. in Ukraine. Exactly. That happened already in Georgia. But for friends of mine that were worried about me traveling there, there's no war going on. There's no active combatants. You do drive by a huge refugee camp 
for the 300,000 or so people who are displaced, who are now don't live in those other parts of Georgia, who had to leave because they weren't Soviet-friendly or they weren't uh, Islamic. It's an Islamic enclave, and so the Russians claimed that they were trying to save them. But it's quite controversial, and it's also, they're pretty much hated. The Russians are pretty hated in Georgia because of the uh, many years of occupation. And they're a proud country. They want to be free. You know, They don't want to have, uh, have people rule over them. They have a, a language. They have a culture. They have religion. And they're doing well. They're doing well financially. They're, they have some, some good things going on. Obviously, your website is gonomad.com. Do you have any websites to share with our listeners about Georgia? Uh, well, you're going to see next week, you'll see uh, one of our stories about Georgia. You can look at right now and read a story about the Joseph Stalin Museum in Gory on gonomad.com. Super. Mr. Max Hartshorn, founder, editor, chief cook and bottle washer of GoNomad.com. When you want to find out about travel, that is a place you want to check. GoNomad.com. Max, thanks for joining us. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon after your next adventure. You're listening to the Travel Planners Radio Show, and we thank you for that. Now on about 35 stations, I believe. And if you are not somewhere where there's a station, you can listen at WTDRadio.com. Back in a moment on the Global American Network.